0: conversations with Jocelyn. And if this is your first time tuning in, uh, we are in the middle of a series. We are talking about healing from heartbreak. And last week we had a great conversation around the story of Hagar. And if you missed it, I strongly encourage you to go back and watch the replay, but I'm going to quickly try to catch you up to speed. So we talked about how Hagar is from the house of Sarah and Abraham, and she found herself in a situationship, as I call it, where Sarah was asked, asked Hagar to sleep with her husband so that Hagar could bear a child and Sarah can take that child as hers. Read the story. It'll, it'll make sense to you if you go back to the Bible. But anyway, Hagar found herself where she was pregnant and friction started to happen between her and her owner, Sarah. the point where she was like i gotta get out of here this this situation is now toxic so hagar runs and when she runs out into the desert she is met by an angel that tells her to go back go back to sarah go back to that situation and we talked about how Hagar was called to go physically back, but sometimes God is calling us to go back emotionally and deal with baggage, baggage that we have yet to unpack from issues from our past. And so we, we're going to go into this a little bit more about the process of going back and dealing with some of our issues. So catching up to speed to what took place in the story, Hagar listened to the angel and she actually went back to the house of Sarah and Abraham and she had her child Ishmael. Now, we're, we're not fully g- given information about what happens with Ishmael when he's growing up. Uh, we, we miss some of his younger years, but we fast forward to a part in the Bible where S- Sarah and Abraham actually have their miracle baby. If you know the story, uh, again, they were having a very hard time conceiving and they were old. I'm talking about old as Methuselah, as my mom would always say. And so it really didn't look like they were going to have a child, but they did. They had Isaac and that was worthy of celebration. And when they had the baby around two or three years old, when Isaac was two or three years old, they had a celebration and had everybody over. It was a good time, but Sarah noticed that Ishmael, Hagar's son, was picking on Isaac. And when she saw that, she was like, uh-uh, that that's not going to work. We're going to have to deal with this. And so she went to Abraham, was like, look, this is what's happening. They got to go. And so Sarah kicked, well, Sarah, she told Abraham to kick him out of the house. But Abraham, he was in a situation where he was like, oh, no, like, I don't know what to do. The Bible actually described Abraham as being distressed about the situation because Ishmael is his son too. And he loved Ishmael, but God told him, look, listen to Sarah. Don't you worry. I got this. Isaac, he is the one in which you're going to have descendants for generations. But because Ishmael is your son, I'm going to make a nation out of him too. And so as a result, Abraham listened to uh, what God had to say is as difficult as it was. And I, I just think about that. Let's just unpack this for just a moment. Like if you were in like that family and you looking outside in, like maybe you a, a cousin or a nosy neighbor and you find out that, Abraham is making the decision to give his child away and to send him off, you will probably be like, wait, what am You are you turning your back on your child like that? Do you really love your child? And that's the thing. Sometimes God has conversations with you that other people aren't privy to and they can judge you for the decisions that you make, not really understanding the dynamics there. But we understand because we had an inside scoop into the story as to the conversation that God had with Abraham, that Abraham was not making the decision to give up his child because he was rejecting him or turning his back on his child. Abraham's decision to give up his child was an act of obedience and an act of faith because he recognized that the situation at home was not right and he was willing to trust God he was willing to give his child into the hands of someone else aka God our creator the divine who would be able to better care for his child than him to watch over his child. Now let's how does this apply to our lives when we think about this because in ministry I have encountered so many individuals who have struggled with the fact that their parents might have given them up for adoption. And I I know there's a narrative out there that if someone has been given up for adoption, that their parents abandoned them, rejected them, didn't want them. But if you can just consider what even took place in this story with Abraham, Abraham, again, knew that he didn't want his child to grow up in this toxic environment. He said as an act of faith and obedience and love, he gave up his child and allowed, trusted his child to someone else who could better care for his son, which was God in the situation. Sometimes a parent realizes that what's going on in their situation, they're not equipped, things aren't quite right. And so they, as an act of humbling themselves, can choose to, as an act of love, give their child up for adoption so that they can get the love and care that they deserve. So consider that. But even if you say, Jocelyn, that's cute and no. That was not my situation. My parents did turn their back on me. They did reject me. They had their own issues. They didn't care for me. That may be true. And I know that hurt. But as we see in this story, when God approached Abraham, he said, look, I got it. I have Ishmael. I have him covered. And the same thing happens and same thing applies to you. Even if your parents did turn their back on you, God is watching over you. God's hand has never left your side. And remember that. And we can find hope and peace in that. But at the time, things don't always seem that clear. And at the time, we still feel hurt. And so we go back to the story and we see that they go off into the desert. And Abraham, he sends them with some water. He he sends them with some food. And they are just out wandering in the wilderness, and it gets to the point where they're looking like, I don't even know what we're going to do. Hagar runs out of water. She has no idea what she's going to do, and so she says, I'm going to sit my child over here in the corner, and I'm going to go over here and cry, and sometimes parents, they don't want their child to see them when they're struggling. They want to be strong for their, their child, but they're really a wreck inside. And so she starts to weep. And you could think about what Hagar went through in this situation. It's one thing if somebody hurts you, but it's another thing if somebody hurts your child. And she says, she says, God, I cannot sit here and watch my child die. When, when she realized, she's really saying, I don't even know how we're going to make it through the night. And I know someone can relate when you're trying to care for your family, when you are the provider and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. You don't know how you're going to feed your family. You don't know how you're going to keep your lights on. You don't know how you're going to do any of that. I know somebody knows how that is. And so she got to the point where she was broke down to her within in her desert moments. And in these desert moments, we struggle. We struggle to see any light. And so she's over here crying. She's trying to tend to herself. But then she didn't realize that her son, Ishmael, was in the corner crying too. He was crying, sobbing. And like thinking about Ishmael, all the stuff that he went through as a child, the grief and loss of having his father give him up that hurts not having that relationship, that father that you can turn to anymore. The feeling of rejection that he might have been struggling with or the questions that he might've been wrestling with saying to himself, you know, if only, if I didn't, you know, tease Isaac, if only I didn't do this, sometimes you can have this narrative in your head that is your fault that you were given up. It's your fault that this happened to you. And so he's probably questioning himself with regrets fear of the unknown. We in the wilderness, how are we going to make it? Loneliness, you you out there by yourself. So we have a whole lot of dynamics that Ishmael is dealing with here. But then something happens. He had a but God moment because the beautiful part of the story is God recognized and saw their tears. When we look at the verse, I'm going to take in this, we're in Genesis 21. It says that God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there, but go to him and comfort him for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Who that's so beautiful. Because the first thing is, He says, God heard the boy crying. See, you have to understand that God cares about your tears. Psalms 56, 8 says that God tracks our sorrows. He collects our tears in a bottle. He writes them in his book. God sees every tear that you cry and he does not waste one of them. And when you are in those moments where you feel all alone, you feel in despair, that's when God, he meets you in that wilderness moment. He meets you in that desert moment and says, wait a minute, I know things seem bleak right now. I know that you feel all alone, but I am with you. And my promises are still true for your life. Because if we think back to last week's episode, when we were in Genesis 16, that same promise was made over Ishmael's life. And yes, things happen, circumstances, you know, we're glim and gloomy and all that stuff. But yet, and still, when your circumstances are bleak, when things are dark, when you don't know how you're gonna make it, that does not change the plans that God has for your life. And we see that Genesis 16 promise is the same as Genesis 21 promise in this story. And God met them there. And when Hagar opened up her eyes, she saw water, water in a well. And for me, that symbolizes so much because it's a reminder that when you are dry, When your ends are not there, when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, God is a provider. He will provide that well. He will provide that water just enough to make sure you know, if you question, that you're not by yourself. And I, your creator, the divine, is the one who provides. I'm Jehovah Jireh, and I am with you. And the word says that as Ishmael grew, God was with him. And God is with you. And this is the beautiful, beautiful thing about this story. I know sometimes we go through some rough patches in our lives and we question, where is God? God has always been there. But that doesn't mean that we won't have struggles. And that's what I actually want to talk about today. This actually brings me into a question that was sent to us. Uh, by one of our members of the family if you will from the chicagoland area and this is a good one the question that they sent in was sometimes it seems as though you are constantly dealt a bad hand in life nothing seems to go right or you're constantly faced with challenge after challenge and you begin to wrestle with the question why me is it wrong to ask that question well Looking at the story of Ishmael, I would not be surprised if he asked that question too. Like, why me? Why was I born into a a family of a slave? Why was I the one that had to get kicked out my house? Why me? And if I was sitting on the couch with Ishmael having a conversation about his story, of course, I I would want to show compassion. I mean, I think sometimes in the church, we don't show enough compassion. We we don't acknowledge the, the difficult journeys that people have, the the pain that they experience. And so I do feel like, I understand that Ishmael went through a lot, but at the same time, in response to his question of why me, I would offer the question, why not you? Why not you, Ishmael? Because I think this is where some of us have have had some misinformation given to us around the idea that because we are following God, because we are his servants, because we are faithful that we're not supposed to suffer as Christians. And and that's, that's just not how it works. When we look at the, the apostle Paul, I mean, Paul is amazing. He wrote so many books in the new Testament. He was faithful. He was out there just preaching the word of God, but Paul, He, he had situations in his life that he wanted to change. And he begged God. When we look at 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, he says, therefore, in order for me to to prevent me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. And then a messenger of Satan, he tormented me three times. I pleaded three times to God. Take this from me, Lord. And God said in reply, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I'm delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. Woo! Oh, and we think about what that scripture is saying. That is not denying how rough sometimes things get. And sometimes we are begging God, change this situation. Change this person. I hate this guy. This hurts. But I heard this this quote from a wonderful man of God named Bob Moeller. He said, said, sometimes God is going to say no. When you plead, sometimes God says no but do you have enough faith to believe that God's no is as merciful as his yes and I had to sit with that because sometimes I don't want to hear it sometimes I want it my way but if I'm not God I don't know what plans he has for me and obviously when we see an Ishmael story he probably wanted some things to change and God didn't but his plans his greater plan See, we all, we're all intertwined into a bigger scheme. We're, we're casting against a bigger backdrop of eternity. And so God's plans for our lives will come into fruition and trusting that God's plans are good for our lives. But God is not concerned. And oh, this is going to hurt. So just, just take it. Just, I'm going to feed you a little medicine right now. God is not concerned about making us happy. God is concerned about making us holy. God is concerned about building our character. He's burning certain things off of us when we go through the fire. He's molding us. But here's the thing, when we get to the point where we are broken down, when we are weak as the scripture says, that's when God is able to show his strength and give us the strength that we need to carry whatever cross we have to carry, understanding that we are not carrying that cross alone. And so that's what gives us our strength. That's what gives us our hope, knowing that we are not by ourselves on this faith journey. Can we get amen? Okay. And so that's, that's where we're at. That's where we are at with this understanding that, asking the question, why? Why? Why me? Why me, God? I mean, I understand that sometimes we do have questions. We do want to know why. And we might think that, understanding why it's going to make us feel better about our circumstance and and yes it might offer some comfort it might answer some questions but well understanding why that tragedy took place will it take the pain away will it change your circumstance it might it might not it might not change the circumstance it won't change the circumstance that is it might not take the pain away but the real question comes down to okay this happened god but now what now what do you want me to do with this you are with me so god help me see the road ahead help me navigate through this wilderness moment give me the strength to because If I'm trusting you and knowing that your plans are good for me and you're with me in this fire, you might not have caused this situation. It might have been a result of somebody's sin. It might have been an attack of the enemy. But whatever the case may be, God, show me now what do I do with the cards that were handed to me and how I can use whatever the situation is as an opportunity to give you glory? Because that's the thing, people. That's the thing that I've understand is that we are walking testimonies. And as believers, people look at us, they look at us and say, man, how are they handling the situation like this? How do they still have joy when everything around them seems like it's just falling apart? And when we are able, when we're able to rise up in that strength that only comes from God, it ain't from ourselves, that's a witness that, no one can ever take away that witness is more to a non believer than the in the Bible because they a lot of folks might not ever read the Bible, but they see you, they see how you respond to adversity, they see how you work through your situation, and they see you as a reflection of the God that you say that you serve. And with that being said, when we have difficult situations in our lives. Let's focus on what next, God, instead of why me? And I I hope that spoke to someone's spirit today. I hope that the story of Ishmael, uh, you can can relate to that struggle some, but understanding that that story, that, that didn't end with that difficult circumstance. That didn't end with that desert moment, but it ended with Ishmael having a nation birthed from him. So that's it for this week. I hope that this teaching blessed you. And if you would like to be a part of this show, I encourage you to write in. And I'm going to bring up um, some information for you on the screen on how you can do that. Just send your questions to info at faithonajourney dot org. Again, that's info at faithonajourney org. And this will allow for me to answer your question live on this broadcast so someone else can be blessed by it. And if you have not already, I encourage you to subscribe to our email list so you can stay in the know. I can send you devotionals and resources to help you on your healing journey. And if you have not already, please make sure that you grab a copy of my book, Breaking the Power of the Mask, where we dive deep into issues of shame, unforgiveness. We talk about grief and loss and the process to heal from the pain that we experience in life. But that's it for today's show. Hope you were blessed by it. And please make sure that you tune in next week as we continue to talk about the process of healing from heartbreak. So until we meet again, thank you again, and you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon.